Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hey there, and welcome to another Medicinal Monday episode of the Alter Your Health podcast. I'm Dr. Ben. And I'm Dr. Susanna. And we are both naturopathic doctors who empower you to heal yourself and live your very best and healthiest life through whole food, plant-based nutrition, as well as mind-body medicine. And today on Medicinal Monday, we are talking about menopause one specific area of menopause, which is actually a topic that we have yet to come across in our Medicinal Monday Alter Your Health podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. So hot flashes, we're going to be talking all about hot flashes, what they are, where they come from, and what we can do about them naturally. Um, And I personally have zero experience of hot flashes in my body. What about you, Suzanne? I'm also not there yet, (laughs) but we've got some good information for you still. And this topic was actually suggested by someone who reached out and just asked for us to speak on this topic. So I wanted to remind any listeners out there, if if you're, um, you know, if you've got a great idea for us, please reach out. We love topic suggestions. And I was just floored that we haven't yet talked about hot flashes in this podcast. Menopause. Have we had any menopause? No, no, no. What the heck have we been doing? Because let's face it, um, maybe just diving right in and maybe we'll do just a a brief menopause overview but we're going to focus in on hot flashes let's face the fact that menopause is a normal natural phenomenon that happens for of course women uh, in their life the transition from hormonal production to different hormonal production comes along with potential symptoms and effects in the body and changes in our physiology, maybe even changes in our psychology to some extent. And I think it's helpful to understand that this, like I said, is normal and natural. It's not pathologic. It doesn't necessarily need to be treated or managed. And I found it really interesting learning in, um, in medical school that, that the symptoms of menopause are not ubiquitous. That is to say that not everyone has quote unquote menopausal symptoms as their body transitions through the hormonal changes associated with that time frame of life. 
And also some of the quote unquote menopausal symptoms are uh, dependent upon geographic locations. Like there are American menopausal symptoms that are very different than Asian menopausal symptoms or South American menopausal symptoms to some degree, which is kind of like interesting. Leads me to think about our back pain discussion last week, how low back pain is the chronic manifestation of tension myositis syndrome in our culture in the United States and some other Western civilizations. But neck pain, upper back pain or neck pain is the predominant manifestation of tension myositis in many other cultures. Mm, Yes. So there is a mind-body connection piece here for sure. But let's start off this conversation by talking a little bit about the physiology of really what does create hot flashes. Um, And just to point out, of course, when a woman is going through perimenopause, what's happening is that estradiol and progesterone are both decreasing in their rate of, um, you know, in their levels in the body. And specifically that sharp decrease in estradiol, that is really what leads to these vasomotor symptoms of hot flashes. So what's happening is that when estradiol decreases, that then leads to a decrease of specific brain endorphins which then allows norepinephrine to increase. And norepinephrine is one of those neurotransmitters that kind of stimulates, uh, you know, the fight or flight response. It can increase heart rate. It can, um, it can cause palpitations. It can disrupt sleep. It can do all these things. But one of the symptoms that, of course, is attributed to this time of life are these vasomotor symptoms, which is a fancy way of saying hot flashes. Um, really vasomotor, meaning that you know it, it, it's our perception of temperature that changes. And really what's happening more specifically is that there are these receptors in the hypothalamus called 5-HT2A receptors that are upregulated. And when they're upregulated, it changes the set point in temperature for the body. So this is a, a, in response to the change of estradiol, the decrease of circulating estradiol um, leads to some brain chemistry phenomenon that leads to a change in our temperature regulatory pathways and systems. Um, so why do uh, some people experience it and other people not to various degrees? Well, that's a good question. And there are a lot of factors that play in. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we talk about the endocrine system, we know that our reproductive hormones don't work in a vacuum, right? They're interacting with other hormones like cortisol and thyroid hormones. So, you know, a lot of a lot of naturopathic doctors that we've learned from really emphasize the importance of not only supporting, you know, reproductive hormone balance, but looking at the health of the adrenal glands and the health of the thyroid. And so, you know, specifically, if a woman is under more stress, has more cortisol, that of course is going to have an influence on, you know, our, our experience of stress and brain chemistry and all these different 
hormones and neurotransmitters that are fluctuating throughout the body. So that's just one example. Um, but yeah, to kind of summarize again, what's happening, essentially, when we have, you know, when we're in our earlier years of life and have more estrogen circulating, that keeps our thermoneutral zone wider. So essentially, we're, we're more tolo- tolerant to fluctuating temperatures. That makes a lot of sense because I know that, um, you know, I've been around women who are either complaining of being too hot or complaining of being too cold. Um, and that, that those, those women who might be menopausal may not really have the frank hot flash symptoms mm-hmm. per se, but they're still not very comfortable at those wider range of temperatures, which I'm um, like, what do you mean? It's, it's fine. Why are you like shivering or why are you sweating? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's because when estradiol decreases, the thermo neutral zone really decreases. So yeah, they're a lot more sensitive to particular temperatures and can also experience those hot flashes um, or even cold flashes. So yeah, that's the, a little bit of the physiology. Um, But Let's dive into what we can do about it. What we can do about it. Yeah. Um, Well, I see your beautiful list here. And uh, at the top of the list might be the most important, which is decreasing stress. And by this, I presume that we mean that physiologic stress response, the sympathetic stress response that's associated with higher levels of cortisol in, in our body, because Um, cortisol dysregulation is going to lead to all of the other endocrine disruption that might happen, including, um, just the mismanagement of the natural estrogen production. And maybe like, maybe before we go deeper into this list of things that we can do, I think it's helpful to also point out that, um, hormone replacement therapy is very, very common and we're, we don't really have a stance one way or another in, in this, but it's, I think, helpful to understand that that is managing the symptoms of, of the hormonal transition, because let's face it, those, that, that hormonal transition, like we already discussed is normal and natural and not pathologic. And oftentimes the hormonal replacement therapy, you know, of course it helps to manage the hormones, quote unquote, manage the hormones. But a lot of people still have severe, significant menopausal symptoms because menopausal symptoms aren't only a reflection of those hormonal changes, but the other physiologic changes, such as the things that happen within the liver, which is really um, taking a toll in processing and keeping all of our hormones balanced because that's really one of the main responsibilities of the liver is kind of packaging up and excreting excess hormones that the body is clearing. Definitely. And, yeah. 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 And we'll talk a little bit more about the liver in a second, but before Any, anything else about the hormone replacement therapy. Oh no, but I do want to go back to the topic of decreasing stress because remember when we talked about the physiology of what causes hot flashes, we talked about how the increase of norepinephrine specifically has a big role in those vasomotor responses. And if we think about what happens when we're under stress, not only does cortisol increase, but also norepinephrine increases. So it makes sense that the more stressed we are, the more prone we could be to have these hot flashes. And it's been studied also that 
women who have gone through, you know, specific stress reducing uh, protocols, like, you know, mind, what is it? Um, John, John, yeah, mindfulness, stress <laughs> releasing. John Cavidson. I'm, I'm blanking on what mindful his based stress reduction. Yes, whatever it is, who went through that program saw a decrease in their hot flashes. So this is one of those foundational lifestyle things to focus on. And of course, when we're talking about mindfulness, it's like not a practice; it's living. It's the way our, we understand how our mind works leads to a natural mindful tendency to be more mindful in our life when we know how the mind is is uh you know cooperating with us and interacting with our bodies right right so the the second thing on the list here is um exercise another lifestyle factor yeah another lifestyle factor what yes number two exercise (laughs) first one decrease stress second one exercise oh this kind this stuff sounds pretty boring this sounds pretty basic but i think it's you know exercise let's face it it's one way that our bodies naturally are able to cope with and manage stress movement it's like what what we often sometimes it's termed use stress or that kind of controlled stress and the more that we put our bodies in these controlled um, productive, constructive, stressful, stressful, uh, you know, environments, as well as like hydrotherapy, these kind of use stresses on our life, help us better manage cortisol and better manage the physiologic and psychological stress that we might otherwise face in other dimensions of our life. For sure. And this is another one of those lifestyle interventions that also was studied showing that just walking 30 minutes, three to five times a week, decreased hot flashes. So it's an important one. Yeah. But now moving on to that liver connection, because typically whenever we talk about hormonal balancing, we always talk about the liver. At least we do. do. At least we do. A lot, a lot of people don't, a lot of people talk about just hormonal supplementation again, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, we got to, you know, decrease cortisol. We got to increase cortisol. We got to decrease progesterone. We got to increase estrogen. We got to increase testosterone. We got to decrease thyroid hormone, push the buttons, just like push the buttons. But when we support the liver and when we nourish the liver, then the liver really helps to keep the endocrine system balanced naturally because it's kind of hard to get in there and try to play mechanic with our hormones, try to, you know, tweak things and twist things and push on levers and, and, and stuff like that, just because the body is really complex and the body is very elegant in it, how it naturally manages and balances itself. And one way that we can get in there and support the body and doing what it knows how to do best is just giving that liver lots of support. And if you're like, well, how do I do that? (laughs) Uh, Well, of course, eat a whole food plant-based diet that's naturally low on the food food chain, meaning that we're not exposing ourselves to undue burden of toxins. Also naturally nutrient dense, also naturally lower in fat, especially saturated fat, also super hydrating. Um, All of these things, are very important for the liver health. Right. Yeah. And also speaking of liver health, we actually do have a cleanse starting right around the corner. Right. So you can join our alter health food-based cleanse. That's one of the best ways you could really provide a deep 
cleanse for your liver um, without any, you know, yeah. restriction or crazy cleansing, right? But yeah, this is definitely a big one. And we also have podcast episodes specifically on how you can support liver health. For sure. um, but for any hormonal related condition, supporting the liver is huge. Yeah. So the last things on the list here are all sorts of specific herbs and foods, and we might call supplements, maybe with the exception of soy, which is a more of a food food. Yeah. And maybe we can start with soy just because it is uh, a nutritional food therapy. And a lot of people have a misunderstanding of soy, but it's important to know that soy is a quote unquote phytoestrogen, but the better term is an estrogen modulator because it's not a quote unquote plant estrogen. It's a compound. Soy contains compounds rather that modulate the effects of estrogen. So for in, for individuals who have estrogen dominance, soy can get in there and block the estrogen receptors to naturally decrease estrogen productivity and reactivity in the body. And for individuals who have estrogen deficiency, like in menopausal states, those estrogen modulating compounds can go in there and actually bind the estrogen receptors to push different pathways and kind of just nudge and support the body ultimately in creating and maintaining balance naturally. Mm -hmm. So soy is a pretty cool compound or a pretty cool food with great compounds. And of course, it's important to say that when we're talking about soy, it's always best to get the for sure organic soy products, but also the less processed on the, on the spectrum, right? So the whole soy beans, the edamame, maybe some tempeh, a little bit of organic, natural-ish tofu, even though it's more processed. You know, once we get into, of course, soybean oil, no thanks. You know, soy lecithin, uh, I don't know. Like, we're not talking about that stuff. We're talking about the food, not the chemicals or compounds or extracts. Right. Yeah, and I actually, before we go into more of the herbs, I was just reminded that... Um, one of our Thrive on Plants members, someone we worked with in the past, I remember just a few weeks into the program and shifting to whole food plant-based eating, not even with that heavy of a focus on soy. I don't even remember how much soy she was eating, but um, her hot flashes went completely away. I would imagine that is mostly due to the liver support from exactly. our Exactly. Yeah. So I really wanted to make the point that, yeah, we're going to talk about some of these herbs that can be helpful, but the more important thing is the liver support and fueling your body with just optimal nutrition. Yeah. So, so the next one, the, so soy is kind of a food. The next one is a, a, a food slash herb, <laughs> which is maca. Uh, maca is a food that is eaten in a lot of, uh, you know, uh, South American countries. I know it's like a root vegetable, um, but of course we consume maca in powder form. Uh, maca powder is really great for hormonal regulation, reproductive hormones in general, including estrogen in uh, the case of menopause. Yeah. And this is actually one of the herbs that um, I feel like clinically I've seen has had the most, the biggest effect in reducing yeah. hot flashes. It's definitely my number one go-to. Um, but of course, with any of these herbs, you would want to check in with your doctor to make sure that it works for you, that there's no contraindications. Yeah. Maca is pretty safe because it's, you know, close to that food, food grade mm. herb. Um, but there's still some contraindications. So for sure. Um, and then sage, 
another very safe culinary herb, um, sage. Uh, you know, you don't think about, I mean, I think feel like most people think about smudging the sage like smoke, but sage is a really great medicinal herb for a lot of different organ systems, but has a lot of estrogen balancing compounds as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the other herbs, I'll just name a few of them here, black cohosh and vitex. These are often found in kind of menopause herbal formulas. Black cohosh helps to create a pro-estrogenic effect in the body, whereas Vitex helps to create a pro-progesteronic effect in the body. And so these are where, you know, we're, we're really using herbs more to kind of, you know, try to push those buttons, try to try to nudge up the estrogen and the progesterone effects in the body. Um, but of course, we're not really addressing the underlying cause of what's causing, you know, more yeah. of that hormonal uh, imbalance. Yeah. So, you know, obviously when we're getting into this territory, a lot of people are going down the supplement path without addressing the root cause, which is in liver health and just managing the, the body through this natural transitionary phase in life. Mm -hmm. um, so the last one on your list here is uh, pine bark extract, um, yeah. which is picogenol. Pycnogenol, also pic, known as pycnogenol. Pycnog, I, I can never really say it right. <laughs> it's a fun one to pic, say. Pycnogenol. Pycnogenol, but this yeah. is also an herb that has some good research showing that it helps to decrease um, hot flashes. And I'm not sure exactly of the mechanism as to why, um, but I just thought I'd add that to this list here. <laughs> Great. Yes. Uh, well, of course, we just kind of scratched the surface of one specific symptom associated with menopause, but hopefully the the main moral of the story and the takeaway is that we can nourish the body, nourish the liver, nourish ourselves in a way that allows ourselves to go through these natural hormonal transitions of age, of aging and life gracefully. Um, and uh, yeah, any other last words? Don't think so. Cool. Unless if you're catching this live, remember we've got our whole food plant-based metabolic reboot challenge happening tonight. And actually speaking of the metabolism, we're going to really bust the myth that metabolism slows down oh. with menopause. Because that is a big myth. That is a big myth. We have seen women optimize completely their metabolism and their weight well after menopause. Um, so come learn in this whole food plant-based challenge how at any age you can optimize your metabolic cellular energy production. Yes. And then of course there is that alter health cleanse that you uh, alluded to Dr. Susanna that starts in a couple weeks still. Uh, first cleanse meeting is January 21st and you can come join us. You can learn more at www.alter.health/cleanse. And we look forward to staying connected and seeing you guys next time on the Alter Health Podcast. Bye for now.